0: Hi everyone, it's Kaya, and you're listening to Wormly. Warmly brings the heat back to conversations that went cold. We're going to talk about love, loss, people who drive us crazy, the careers we've built, the bridges we've burned, who we want to become, and so much more. Wormly exists to make space for the simple, the side-splitting laughter, the sorrow, the turmoil, and the plateaus in life. At the end of the day, warmly exist to build a community that embodies vulnerability wherever you are, whoever you are, and however you got there, reclaiming power in our lives and over hardships we once felt powerless in. morning, good afternoon, and good evening, no matter when or where you're tuning in from. I am so glad you're here. In case this is your first time, my name is Kaya and I am your friendly neighborhood host of The Warmly Podcast. This bonus episode was actually recorded quite unintentionally with my friend Rachel. In case you haven't listened to Rachel's episodes, our intent was to discuss boundaries, therapy, and being an Enneagram 8. En route to that conversation, we actually talked a little, and by a little I mean a lot, about food. Here you go. Hey, I have a quick question. Are you following Warmly on Instagram? You can find us on Instagram as at warmlypod. We actually post every single day except Thursdays, usually. While a lot of our content there is specific to the episode content you get here, we do feature a word or idea of the week every Sunday, along with a quote that struck me from the previous week, every Tuesday. It could be something I read or something I heard on another podcast, in case you're not big on social media, you can keep up with Warmly by subscribing to Lately, the Warmly newsletter. This is not a drill. It only goes out once a month and it gives you a quick rundown of all the episodes from the month prior and any special announcements. Special announcement, you might ask. You'll just have to sign up to keep up. Visit warmlypod.com/subscribe to make sure you get the next issue of Lately, the Warmly newsletter delivered right to your inbox.
1: Um
2: last March well, so I grew up in New Jersey. And so we obviously know how to eat and make bagels there. So when I moved to Chattanooga in high school, it was really sad because basically if you wanted a bagel, you went to like Panera, you know? Yeah. And, and most people, including my partner, which is very sad to me, pretty much just grew up eating like the frozen bagels you'd buy at the grocery store. And so Einstein's bagels, which is also a chain is like here in Colorado and there's like other, some other local places that I'm like, yes, like they know how to do bagels. But then last March I was like, you know what? Bagels are probably not that hard to make. So I'm going to try to find a recipe. And I thought I was going to have to try like a few to find one that was like really good. But the first one I tried, which said on the image of the recipe, like approved by a New York bagel snob. I was like, okay, well, this is probably good. And literally tried it once and we've never purchased bagels in the last year. Every two weeks, I literally, we just make another batch of like eight bagels and then freeze them. Because when you freeze them right after they cool after you make them, then like when you heat them back up and toast them, they literally taste like they're super fresh. So we've literally never purchased bagels again. (laughs) It's pretty amazing.
0: In case it wasn't obvious, my hope is that Warmly builds a community that isn't afraid of its feelings. It's okay to be afraid of your feelings, but it's also okay to share them, even if it's terrifying. That said, if today's episode has inspired you or reminded you of your own story or something you'd like to share, please do submit a topic at warmlypod.com talk or complete the submission form at warmlypod.com slash my story.
1: You're definitely inspiring me. I mean, you already have inspired me in I'll send you the, the recipe. area of the kitchen. Did I tell you that I made those Brussels? No, you didn't, but I was gonna ask you. Did you I like did? Them? And my cousin was over and it was a hit. And she was you like, know, Where'd you get this recipe? I was like, My friend made Wouldn't it. Wouldn't you up. like to know? <laughs>
2: <laughs> well, here's the thing. I didn't like Brussels sprouts until like A few uh, several years ago, because growing up, if my mom ever made Brussels sprouts, she would literally steam them, (laughs) which is the worst possible way to eat really any vegetable. And so, growing up, I was like, "Oh, like I hate Brussels sprouts," and then I like never ate them again. And then after college, I think I was over at somebody somebody's house for dinner. Like, oh, we're gonna make Brussels sprouts, and I was like, I hate Brussels sprouts. and she was like well have you ever had them like roasted and I was like no she was like "Listen, no? <laughs> I didn't like them t- I didn't like them either until I had them roasted I was like okay well I'm totally willing to try them and then I was like oh you roast them or you like you know bristle them you know like in the pan until they're like crunchy okay yes I like brussels sprouts and I feel like I I don't experiment with recipes a ton but i feel like after a couple years of like making a lot of recipes and getting an idea of like oh these are the flavors that typically go together or like these are things that complement each other i feel like more recently in the last year or so i've been like oh i'm just gonna you know whip up some brussels sprouts with bacon and other yummy things and
1: then there we go casual the sesame oil and um did you put soy sauce in yours
2: Yes, I think, was I think like it was, bit. yeah, which I'm finding a lot of like Asian recipes and well, okay, I should specify. Yeah. So a lot of Asian recipes, oftentimes the sauces are comprised of like sesame oil, soy sauce, which is like the salty, like savory piece. And then like brown sugar or maple syrup, which is like the sweet piece. And then there wasn't anything spicy in the Brussels sprouts, but like other Asian sauces, it's like oil soy sauce, something sweet, something acidic, like lime juice or something. And then something more spicy, like a chili sauce or chili paste or something. And that's pretty much like
1: the core of any really yummy sauce. I only started recently to make, like start making those types of dishes. And I was like, Oh, I see some, uh, you know, f- frequent flyers here <laughs> in these recipes. <laughs> yeah,
2: What else can we talk about that starts with a B? Brussels sprouts, bacon, bagels. <laughs> I'm trying to think of other things that we make that. We make a lot of bowls. We make a lot of recipes that like everything is in the bowl, you know, with like, yeah. that might have like a grain and like veggies and like something else. Like, yeah. bowls.
0: Also, I, I'm afraid that I if like when that.
2: I start eating this, I'm going to be like, it's going to be like I'm eating inside of your ear. <laughs>
1: You can mute okay. yourself, like, if we're in okay. the heat of, <laughs> if I'm actually talking, I would mute yourself and eat. I have done that many a time. Um, okay. So just do what do what feels right. Yeah, I, I do like doing bowls. I think I do a lot of, um, I like doing a sweet potato hash. So I'll do sweet potato. Hashes are so good. Yeah, love it. Yeah, mm.
2: You do make a lot of bowls, though. They're just like nacho bowls, right?
1: Yes that too. <laughs> Hold out. <laughs> and my one regret is that I did start that Instagram called Nacho Showdown, but I like don't post there as often as I just posted on my normal account. So
2: I'm also like, what what really does make the distinction between like a bowl and a salad or what you know, like a Chipotle? The difference is, the lettuce goes in first and then the rice and it's just reversed and then it's a bowl. So I'm like change in order of operation. Could the nachos technically be a salad if there is lettuce? You know? And I it's like if the lettuce goes down things... before the tortilla chips, is it then yes. a salad?
1: <laughs> a lot of things are actually nachos if you think about it. Your bowls, yeah. they're nachos without chips. Yeah and you could probably eat any of them with chips if you wanted to sure you'd
2: just like a switch tic, out the fork pita bread mm-hmm. mm. oh i also found a super easy recipe for pita bread too really it makes like i haven't gotten it to the point where it like has an official pocket inside of it it's more just kind of like the flatbread yeah almost like in between like a non and a pita type yeah. of flatbread but then you just like literally cook it in the pan for like a minute on each side. But then you can freeze that. It makes like 12 pieces. And then you just like freeze that and then heat it up whenever you want some, again. Heat it up, heat it up. Let's talk about the cookies. Oh, yes. So I also love cooking. And mm-hmm. my partner is, she likes cooking too, but baking, she really loves baking. So I always say like, we do have actually a very in relationship because I cook and she bakes.
1: I'm obsessed there with is that a man kind of complimentary. Is of <laughs> it's,
2: it's just Bo, our dog. I love it so much. I, we were going to send you cookies when we actually made them before Christmas, but then we ate them. So, <laughs> so um, then we made you cookies at the end of January, which you didn't get until right before Valentine's Day. Because of all of the things that the Postal Service is is dealing with at the moment, uh, apparently. And a huge storm that hit the Northeast.
1: And I'm here to say that those cookies were still so delicious. They kept really well. The flavor was so unique. I think the orange ones were my favorite.
2: Yeah, I think they were, um, what was the recipe she found? Orange cardamom yeah that was my favorite orange cardamom shortbread cookies i think she might have found because the base of like the shortbread is typically the same ingredients so both of them Mm -hmm. were shortbread cookies i don't know if she was like used the same base recipe or found like two separate ones but yeah the orange cardamom and then
1: i think it was the pecan toffee that was the other kind Mm -hmm. so good they were so yummy yeah Mm, i'm sad that they're gone
2: very sad. Well, we could make you some more, but you might not get them until Memorial Day.
1: Yeah, no kidding. You should probably just <laughs> send me the recipe. <laughs> oh my God. I think the only difference between pretzels and bagels are the fact that pretzels have a bunch of salt on them.
2: Yeah, which you could totally make a salt bagel if you wanted to. I actually had a salt bagel once and I got sick. Because it was so much salt. It was horrendous. Yeah, I don't, I, that doesn't sound appetizing to me at all. You know what you can also do is you can put everything bagel seasoning on a soft pretzel if you wanted to make
1: one of those. I feel like every time we talk, I learn another great idea of something to do.
2: <laughs> it's so interesting though with cooking because, so like I didn't grow up with my, um, like being super involved in like cooking meals that my family had. You know, some people are like, oh, like I start, you know, I always like I started baking with my grandma or like I would always like to help my mom or my dad like cook meals. And I don't really remember ever being super interested in like helping to cook meals. And at Covenant, like I lived in the dorms all four years. So like I, you know, like wasn't cooking a ton there. But I'm trying to remember like when I first got into cooking. I feel like it was, I feel like as I got older in high school, like I would, you know, like I knew how to cook a lot of basic stuff, like, and I would like make breakfast for myself and I enjoyed doing that. And I lived like, I lived with a family for the first like a year and a half that I was in grad school who I'd lived with during a summer internship. And they offered to like, let me live with them when I moved to Orlando for grad school. And so like, sometimes like, you know, like she and I would like cook the meals together or something. And I would always like make my own breakfast and lunches and all that stuff. But yeah, I mean, most of it, I just kind of like taught myself. Like I looked up how to make stuff. It wasn't like I grew up with like a family member or specific person who I like learned a ton of cooking from. And I think part of it too, is like, I love things that are, uh, I love like saving money. Like... Part of what I get excited about about food, even if it's like really good regardless, is it's like better to me if it was less money than it could have been. (laughs) Like if I had like a coupon for it, I'm like, I probably would have paid full price for this because it's really good, but it's like this much better because it's $10 off, you know? (laughs) Like. It's so funny. I am I the opposite. I think that's like channeling my bubby with like the grocery bag of like fresh
1: like chopskis, <laughs> <piece>, you know? <laughs> yes. Yep. That tracks. I'm like, oh, nothing tastes as good as food you didn't have to make. <laughs> See, I, it's so
2: interesting. Gillian and I were just having a conversation about this the other day that I was like, it's so interesting to me that like every now and then it registers that there are people who like actually eat the majority of their food, like takeout. Both of us really enjoy like having, like making our own food. Um, And it's so funny because pre-pandemic when we still went to restaurants, (laughs) anytime we would go to a restaurant, we would like get our food and we'd be like, yeah, this is pretty good. And then I'd be like, we could totally make this at home. (laughs) You know? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or sometimes we'll make something and then we'll be sitting there eating it at home and we're like how much do you think this would cost at a restaurant <laughs> and we'll like guess like how much it would cost if we ordered the same exact thing at a restaurant um but yeah no I genuinely really enjoy cooking and people are always like oh my gosh like your food always looks so good dah, 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 dah. it's
1: because it like, is and it does it, yeah Yes.
2: Both accurate, you know, similar to like, what are things people assume about you that I'm like, well, most (laughs) of it is true. The food I make is really good. (laughs) Um, But I'm like, sometimes people are like, oh my gosh, like, I almost wonder if they think that I just like literally make all this stuff up out of my brain. And so every time someone is like, oh my gosh, this is so good. I'm like, it's literally on Pinterest. Like I get all my recipes off Pinterest. Like I'll send it to you if you want, you know? And honestly, that's the only thing I use Pinterest for. It's like my recipe book. And most of the stuff that like, I'm like, most of the stuff that I cook, that's, it's like, it's like 30 or 40, Five minutes to make. So I also have encountered a lot of people who I feel like have this assumption that if you're gonna cook for yourself, you have to like take hours like to slave away to make a meal. And that's just not the case. And like, I think that cooking for one person can could be a little bit more challenging. Um, but what we do is like everything that we make is like four servings. So we like plan... We like, ever since the pandemic started, we'll go like pick up groceries every two weeks and we plan out like eight or nine dinners for the two weeks. And we're like, so we have like leftovers of all the things because it makes like four portions. So we'll like have the two and then, you know, have the two leftovers like later in the week or something like that. But yeah, there's like, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people are like really intimidated by cooking. I don't know if it's like they feel like the process of cooking is like challenging or would take a long time or if the idea of like planning out what you're going to make feels daunting or if it's like an energy thing because I also really like going and cooking dinner after like I'm done working but for some people that would be like a drain of energy and for me I'm like oh this is like you know, this, I enjoy having this to kind of like decompress and it doesn't, it doesn't like make me tired to do that, which some people it totally does.
1: Yeah. I think I, it really just depends on the day for me. There are some days where I have all the stuff and it's really just a matter of like, I can't bear to do one more thing. <laughs> yeah. And that I think is poor management of like your, your internal resources. If you constantly find yourself in that Mm. position. So kind of back to your comment about um like eating out and even if you're choosing like quote-unquote healthy things. I got super burnout on takeout when I was traveling a lot for work and this was like primarily sure. 2 years ago for a solid year and a half and it was like I I I wasn't a position where I was generally like getting pretty healthy things when I was on the road. It wasn't like I was ordering Double bacon cheeseburger, Mick, whatever. <laughs> sure. You know what I mean? So, anyway, it's just like that definitely. Kind of slow anyone down. <laughs> it would slow everyone down. Yeah. No, it was, it just is a lot to constantly. And I don't know what it is. I think it was, yeah, it just was tough to constantly be eating takeout. Um, yeah. And, but it's been a transition and I definitely realized. Or I guess I, I I took up more cooking, baking, et cetera, during COVID yeah. by force. But then I think like it's been helpful finding new recipes. And this Christmas, my parents gave me Chrissy Teigen's cookbook, which I oh, cool. have been obsessing over. Um, so I've been trying to do recipes from there. It's been fun to try new things because I don't venture out and try new things in my recipes. I'm like, let's just find the simplest thing to do. Granted, when I was married, I actually enjoyed cooking way more. I hate cooking for one person. It's just not mm. it's not fun.
2: No, yeah, I think that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Mm. There's also a recipe book that we had been gifted that we didn't really need. Um so we actually gave it to a friend who was like, "Oh my gosh, like I need to get more organized with meal planning." And it basically, what it did was it gave you ideas for like a week's worth of meals based on all similar ingredients. So it was like, here's like 10 ingredients that can go in like four different meals. So you don't have to feel like you're buying completely different ingredients for like seven different things and feeling really overwhelmed. And it was like organizing like your week around... You know, some meals that have like an overlap in what ingredients they have, which for people who the idea of like, how do I even start meal planning, if that's like really daunting, I was like, yeah, that would be like a super helpful, cool, you know, thing where they didn't feel like they had to be buying completely different random ingredients for all these different meals, but they could, like, plan them around different, you yeah. know, core stuff.
1: For what it's worth, too, I really don't take issue with getting super creative every single week with my menu. I kind of, like, found things that I love mm-hmm. and do what you love. Like, I love an yeah. arugula salad with this very specific dressing. Arugula is And so good. it just... Makes me so happy. Throw a few tomatoes on there, which I'm not even a huge fan of tomatoes. Thinly slice some onions, a little bit of those like shaved Parmesan, you know, flakes. And it's like the perfect. And it's not complicated. It's super easy. Takes four minutes to throw together. Um, Yeah. And I have that most... most days, but it's good. And honestly, I do kind of think that some bodies truly benefit from like having a regular diet and not like Mm -hmm. totally switching it up all the time. At least for me, I think once I settled into a routine of what I was eating, I was kind of able to better decipher things that upset me. Versus Mm -hmm. just chronically being like, what did I eat recently? Am I sick because I ate something or just like something else? Right.
2: Well, I mean, I think that probably all of our bodies would benefit from that because the ability to have such a wide selection of ingredients is like a very recent thing in human existence,
1: (laughs) you know? Um, Yeah. It's very true. Very recent human existence Um,
2: I will suggest have you ever had okay I'm not gonna okay I was gonna say have you ever had (laughs) vegan queso because Mm -hmm. that's a broad category in which there could be some really disgusting variations however there is a restaurant here in Denver that's totally plant-based and they on one of their appetizers they have like chips and vegan queso and we went there one time and I was like, we're going to try this because I just need to see how this even is. It was literally like the best queso I ever had. And I was like, we got to figure out how to make this. So I don't know if you've heard this. This woman has like a food blog that's pretty popular. Her, she, The name that she like does that under is Minimalist Baker. She used to be, I think, totally vegan. But like she has other recipes as well that aren't vegan. Um, but... She has a five minute blender recipe for vegan queso that is literally amazing. And we're not vegan, but like, we still are like, this is, this is like the best queso. It's cashews, and cashews are often a really good nut to use for vegan queso because they don't have a ton of flavor. So they, they don't, right? Like, they don't make things taste like them, right? Whereas if you put like walnuts in something or like, You know, pecans or almonds, like that, the flavor of that nut is gonna probably come through. But cashews are so mild that they just take on the flavor of whatever. So it's raw, it's a cup of raw cashews, three quarter cups of like boiling water. You like just heat up the water and add it into the blender. Two tablespoons of nutritional yeast, which gives it that, like, you know what that is? It looks like fish food. It's like those yellow flakes. That gives it like a cheesy, the cheesy flavor. Chili powder, cumin. Uh, one or two like chipotle, you know, the little, those little cans of uh, chipotles and adobo. You get um, one or two of those with a little bit of the sauce, garlic clove. And I think that's it. And you literally blend it up. And part of the combo of the raw cashews and the hot water helps the cashews get so smooth. So it's not like grainy. Like it doesn't taste like you have like ground up nuts in there and it's warm because it's hot water. So it's like warm queso and you literally blend it up and if you need a little bit more water, you could add like a little bit more if it's like too thick, but it's literally so good. And I feel like it would really just elevate the nachos. Also, our friend's 18 year old son, a few years ago, didn't know we were like, we're going to bring this over when we come over for dinner. Don't tell, but we're not going to tell, don't tell him that it's, it's not, it's not actually cheese. And he like, walked over to the table and like started eating. And he's like, this is really good. And I was like, yeah, do you want to know what's in it? He was like, yeah, what's in it? I was like, there's no cheese in it. It's cashews and like seasoning. He was like, what? (laughs) And he just like walked over and started eating. It was like, this is really good. And he just had no clue that it wasn't actually queso. So we were like, if an unassuming 18 year old male (laughs) like just starts eating this queso, like seal of approval.
1: That's true. I, you know what? I wouldn't be opposed to trying that, <clears throat> but I do struggle at baseline with the concept of vegan cheese, but...
2: Yeah, like, I don't... I'm not interested in, like, really any other kind of vegan cheese. Like, I don't really yeah. want sliced... Slices of vegan cheese. Like, I yeah. don't need vegan cream cheese. Like, I don't need... I don't need, like, a cheese substitute. It's really just that that vegan queso. It's, like know it's just something else and you you definitely piqued my interest yeah and like the other day i actually had it on like some like i i toasted a couple pieces of bread put that on put some everything bagel seasoning and then an egg on top like a sunny side up egg and had like and it was so good it's almost like it's like queso but because of the chipotle in it it almost gives it this like it could be like a chipotle type of spread too if you wanted to and I said to Gillian, I was like, if you made this a runnier consistency, I would totally want this on eggs benedict over a hollandaise sauce any day.
1: I mean, I think it's safe to say that hollandaise sucks. <laughs> Isn't it just like,
2: but it's just butter. And like, I think the main ingredient is butter. I think it's literally I, like just a butter sauce.
1: I hold my breath for no holidays. Like it is. Not, I don't even know what it is. It just is not interesting to me. So,
2: segueing into our conversation about boundaries, that's a hard boundary we both have.
1: (laughs) The vegan cheese.
2: Willing to, no, Hollandaise.
1: (laughs) Oh. (laughs) Willing to
2: expand our palate up until Hollandaise.
0: That's it for today. Thanks for tagging along. In case you forgot, I'm your host, Kaya. And this, of course, is Warmly. If you haven't already, share this episode or any episode that touched you with a friend. And if you'd like to hear more from us here at Warmly, visit warmlypod.com slash subscribe to get our newsletter. Special thanks go to the artist who wrote Warmly's very own one-of-a-kind theme music, A Day Without Love. To learn more or listen, visit adaywithoutlove.com. You can find their stuff on Spotify, Apple Music, Bandcamp, and anywhere else you could possibly want. Psst! Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to Warmly on Apple Podcasts.